What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. We're coming to you on Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. I cannot believe it is April already, uh, which means that there is just about a week remaining in the Mavericks season. Um, and usually around this time, we're, we're you know, getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, it's the end of the regular season, but... This year, there are likely going to be no playoffs for the Mavericks, and the season will be coming to a very, very sad end not too long from now. Uh, The Mavericks fell today, shockingly, I know, 132-130 to to the Atlanta Hawks uh, in Atlanta. Uh, This comes a day after the Mavericks fell to the Miami Heat uh, last night in a game that I don't remember the score of because at this point, to me, the only thing I care about is wins and losses. Uh, The story of both games is the story of what every game has been pretty much since the beginning of the season. Uh, The Mavericks were able to compete on offense uh, and defensively just did not, you know, get enough stops. Uh, It was painfully apparent last night against Miami uh, in which the Mavericks actually shot 61% as a team and still managed to lose the game, which is crazy uh, because anytime a team shoots that well, you usually think that they're guaranteed to win. Uh, But, you know, they let Cody Zeller go off for 20 points, which just shows you how bad the Mavs front court is right now. Today against Atlanta, they competed pretty hard. I mean, they fell down um, by double digits multiple times in the game. I think the biggest deficit that they faced was 15, Uh, but credit to them. They battled their way back in the fourth quarter. Um, had a crazy ending of regulation where uh, they were attempting a lob from out of bounds, um, you know, with 0.4 seconds remaining in the game. Uh, JaVale McGee, who was uh, was in the game at that time, was the target of the lob from Luka. Um, he was fouled in the process, um, shot two free throws, missed the first, made the second to tie the game. Uh, Atlanta couldn't hit a shot, you know, to win the game, so it went to overtime. Uh, and the Mavericks kept it close for the whole overtime period, but uh, kind of a ticky-tack foul at the end of OT with, I think, 1.8 seconds remaining. Uh, the foul was called on Kyrie Irving, which sent Trey Young to the free throw line. He hit two free throws, and the Mavericks, shockingly, I know, shockingly, were not able to execute on their final shot possession of the game, and they fell 132 to 130. This drops them to 37 and 42 on the season. They no longer have a chance of finishing this season with a record of 500 or better. They are guaranteed to finish with more losses than wins, which sounds insane for me to say that out loud, but that is the reality that we're living in. Um, Look, we said this last week, the season is over. There's still a mathematical chance of them making the play-in because Oklahoma City also lost today to Phoenix, but we all know that by now. The Mavs are one game behind them in the standings. Um, OKC owns the tiebreaker over the Mavs, so really the Mavericks are going to have to go 3-0. and OKC will have to go 1-2 and and for the Mavs to have a chance to make the play-in. But right now the Mavericks sit at the 10th best lottery odds, just a half game behind Utah in the lottery odds for ninth. So I think we're going to be counting our ping-pong balls here for the remaining, what, four or three games of the season. Uh, Very depressing time, but I think we got to look forward. Vinay is here to join me on this one. How's it going, bro? Bittersweet. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I guess we've kind of been uh, accustomed to what the 
reality of this map season's been for a while. Um, the Lakers choke job uh, in AAC where we were up by 27. I kind of feel like the season was just like taking a shift from then. I know this whole season hasn't gone according to plan, but I feel like that game specifically just kind of like a complete shift in attitude with the team. I just kind of feel like that specifically broke the team like we've mentioned before. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I'm just looking at the schedule right now. Um, so that game happened on February 26th. Obviously, the game Vinay's referring to is when the Mavs blew a 27-point lead to the Lakers. Um, and since then, let's look at how many wins they've gotten. They beat Philadelphia. They beat Utah, San Antonio. They beat the Lakers on that maxi buzzer beater. They beat the Pacers. That's uh, five wins since then. And it's been yikes and a half. That's really bad. Yikes. Really bad. That's that's not good at all. <laughs> the Sixers game, amongst the games you said, kind of feels like the highlight of the season where Kyrie and Luka recreated that LeBron-Kyrie meme. But, I mean, that's a regular season game that is ending up going to look like it's going to be pointless at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think, uh, think back to that game, which was just about a month ago. It happened on March. Oh, no, it was a month ago, March 2nd was that game, uh, of course, where Luka and Kyrie both had 40-plus points in that game. Uh, Mavs got the 133-126 to 126 win against Philly, and we really thought that there was something brewing there. Um, but it's just that was probably the high point, and it's been really, uh, really depressing since then. You know, only four wins, and most of those wins have been extremely unconvincing. Um, today, Kyrie Irving was really good. Um you know, I think one of the biggest maybe criticisms of him recently has been just not be coming out of the game, you know, coming into the game as aggressive as he should. But today that wasn't a problem. And he finished the game with 41 points, uh, was pretty huge in the fourth quarter with big buckets down the stretch. Um, Luca didn't play his best game on offense today. And so I think having Kyrie there really helped the Mavericks. But again, I mean, it's just like. You know, the Mavs played hard today, like like we said. Um, and, you know, I think they they ran with the two-big lineup of JaVale McGee and Christian Wood uh, for a long stretch of that game. And it might be, honestly, the first time this season that they've actually run that front-court pairing. Uh, but, you know, look, the Mavs' deficiencies are just so much uh, that they can't overcome even when, you know, their all-stars are producing like all-stars. Yeah, and that stretch that you brought up, JaVale... Uh, ended up playing 23 minutes today. So, like, that was, like, the whole the last 23 minutes of the game. That was all the JaVel McGee, Christian Wood lineup with also uh, Josh Green, Luca, and Kyrie. Reggie Bullock subbed in for uh, Josh in overtime. But for the most part, they, they ended with that lineup that we really haven't seen this year much of. Uh, I find it interesting that JaVel McGee has asthma and was asked to play that many minutes in a row. That's a good uh, point. I feel like when they use him, they don't even necessarily use him in like the spurts recently. Like he he just he just won't play for games and then when he plays, he plays for like really long stretches, like almost Luca like where he plays like the whole first quarter. Like Javel is just kind of out there for these long stretches. And I don't know if I mean I haven't liked the use of Javel McGee all year. I know he struggled to start the year when he was in the starting lineup to start the year. But I mean, when you're a team like the Mavericks and you lose a lot of games on rebounding, you don't have a lot of size as is like just the fact that he's bigger than all the other bigs we have, uh, his length, just all that stuff. Like it's, it's really annoying that they haven't, that Jason Kidd hasn't done a better job, I guess, of managing his minutes and finding spots, spots for him to be able to play. I mean, yeah, JaVale has been kind of like a use as a drink stir, 
Uh, but today, like he played a long stretch. I mean, I don't know exactly when he came in in the fourth quarter, but basically ever since that point, he played the remainder of the game, which is crazy considering, you know, his asthma. And he usually isn't able to play like for stretches longer than 15 minutes. But today he played for a pretty large chunk of the game, um, you know, of course, with timeouts mixed in. But it does suck that, you know, we weren't able to get this version of JaVale at the beginning of the season. And I think, you know, as a result, like Jason Kidd lost trust in him. But I agree with you that, you know, JaVale probably should have been getting a little bit more of a look here in the last month or so, given how bad the Mavs rebounding has been and how, you know, poor their front court is at doing what big men are supposed to do. And it's not like JaVale was like amazing rebounding the ball today because, I mean, there were still plenty of instances where Atlanta got easy putbacks on, you know, possessions where the Mavs worked hard defensively. Like the Mavs really did grind for a lot of the stops that they got down the stretch in the game but it's just so backbreaking and demoralizing I think as a fan and I'm sure as a player like to to grind for 23 seconds on a defensive possession force a missed shot only to give up an offensive rebound and a putback yeah I mean the last possession in the regu- in regulation for the Hawks they had a possession just like you described where they shot him down for most of the clock but then they get like a last second Clint Capella put back um, it's just been the story of the season for the Mavericks so far. Like even in the few instances where they get a defensive stop, they give up the second chance. And you know, when you give give second chances to NBA teams, like this isn't college basketball, they're gonna make the shot. They're gonna make the shot when you give them a second chance to do so. So it's just kind of we've been regurgitating the same lines all year. They didn't fix the big man issue going into the season when you know they lost to the Warriors in Game Two. Uh, and the game that ultimately decided that series, if you go to Dallas 1-1, I know that feels like a long time ago, but if you win that game and box out Kevon Looney on the boards, you have a way better chance of winning that series than going down 2-0. So they didn't fix that issue. Christian Wood is not a 5. Whatever his role is, he's probably best suited as a 4. We realistically probably only have one center on our team in JaVale McGee. Like Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell are power forward sized, and they're limited on their offensive like skill sets so where they have to play to the five but realistically like you want those guys as your fours and this team once again is just too small like Luca would say it is too small it's too soft as we pretty much said at nauseum um again the big man depth is going to be have to be a focus for the Mavs this offseason um, you know, I think Josh Bow of Mavs Moneyball pointed out that uh, the Mavs effort was really good in the second half of this game, especially in the fourth quarter. I thought Luca's defensive effort was also um, a little bit more inspired as well. Uh, but what he pointed out was that this run came with most of the, these guys who haven't been on the team the last three or four years. I mean, the lineup the Mavs were running with was Luca, Kyrie, Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, and Josh Green. And Pretty much all those guys are new to the team. I mean, Josh Green has been here for a couple of seasons now, but I mean, his days as a as a prominent you know player in the in the rotation has only been this year. And you know, we've seen the difference that he can make when he's you know be staying confident and staying aggressive. And so, I mean, look, I think uh, this this is without a doubt going to be an extremely important offseason for the Mavericks. And I do wonder like if we've seen the end of the days for guys like Tim Hardaway, uh, Dwight Powell, you know, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Cleaver, like, uh, you know, these guys have all given us valuable minutes, but at the same time, like this is a legacy offseason, I think for Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, Mark Cuban, like everyone in the front office, uh, the microscope is going to be on them and the pressure is going to be on this offseason to deliver a real basketball product next season. 
the minutes distribution for today's game was like so interesting because a lot of the stuff that you mentioned about the guys that have been there for a while, like Tim Hardaway Jr. off a 31-point game last night in Miami. He played 18 minutes today. Reggie Bullock, I know he's only been here a couple of years, 20 minutes a game. Dwight Powell, 20 minutes. Uh, Maxi Kleber, this is the biggest one to me. Eight minutes today in the biggest game of the season thus far. And before Maxi came back from injury, we we looked upon him as the savior if you will, for the Mavericks' defensive issues. And clearly that's not the case. I mean, he's a little zapped athletically. Um, we've kind of seen it the last couple of years, and it's it just gets worse and worse. Like, his athleticism, he's just not the same defender, um, which sucks to see because really, like, in his prime, he was, like, an all-defensive caliber type of defender. But I just don't think he's that guy anymore. And you mentioned it. Like, we need big man depth. We need – I think we need another starting caliber wing. Uh, this team has a lot of – a lot of holes to fill. It's not necessarily just the one big man thing. It's not just the head coach. If they ever do that, which I don't think they will, but I mean, look, I hate learning for my team to lose and I'm not going to do it, even though it makes sense for them to lose out the rush of their games and increase their odds of keeping a top 10 pick. Cause this team desperately needs talent. This team desperately needs cheap talent. When you have hopefully Kyrie on a max contract, you have Luke on a super max contract, like, you need to you need to make up for the mistakes that you've made in the last few years, and it's arguable. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's arguable to say that the Mavs Western Conference Finals run last year was kind of like a miracle thing, and it wasn't like a necessarily like a like a legit run. It, it's more similar to the Blazers Nuggets run in the to the Western Conference Finals. It's not like a legit. This is legit Western Conference power type of run. I mean, yeah, like uh, the Mavericks definitely benefited from, you know, the circumstances. But look, in the playoffs, like everyone who advances benefits from some sort of uh, favorable circumstances. So I'm not going to hold that against them. Uh, The Mavericks clearly did earn their spot in the conference finals last year with how they performed in the playoffs. Uh, There's also no doubt that they overachieved that season, um, both record wise and defensively, as we're seeing. Um, you know, they've definitely played above their roster. They played above uh, their talent level. Uh, but this is, you know, that feels like so long ago at this point. Like this team, while is quite different from last year's team, uh, is just a shell of that. Like, you know, it it, it, it proves that big changes are needed. Um, you know, you mentioned the Mavericks need talent, period. They also need young talent, too. I mean, the Mavericks are the third oldest roster in the league. I'm just looking right now. Like Milwaukee's number one. The Clippers are number two. The Mavs are number three, you know, the, you know, then you go down the list, Miami, Phoenix, Boston, Philadelphia, Golden State, right? All these teams are playoff contenders except the Mavericks and the Mavs have pigeonholed themselves into a pretty old roster. So getting younger is definitely going to be or have to be a focus for them this offseason. You know, having a top 10 pick is obviously going to help, you know, if they decide to keep the pick. Um but yeah, I mean, and we haven't even talked about the effect that the new CBA is going to have on their ability to build a team because they're one of like what six teams that are going to be affected by these new provisions um, for teams that are spending above a certain amount uh, in the in the luxury tax. So, you know, to make matters even more complicated in an offseason that the Mavericks desperately need improvements, uh, they're now going to have to fight against these new rules. So it's a. Uh, when it rains, it pours, I guess, and it just makes that decision to let Jalen Brunson go for nothing uh, look that much more painful. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the new CBA will do to impact the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks were a luxury tax spender this past year, correct? 
They were. And I didn't even realize they were above like a certain limit, but apparently they are. So that adds into the fact of the repeater tax, which when you're in the luxury tax once, then you spend it again the next year. You have another tax onto that and the repeater tax, which just completely adds to the bills that they have. So it'll be curious how they how they maneuver cap wise and all that stuff. Andrew Baker gets paid the big bucks to figure that out. So we'll see what he does. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a good point you brought up with the CBA. Like we don't necessarily know what it's going to do with the Mavericks, but yeah, uh, it's dire times. And I want to, I want to say this just kind of off topic, but I have to say this, like this is the third year of the play in tournament. Um, the Mavericks didn't just miss the playoffs. If the standings hold true, they missed the play in tournament. Like they're the 11th seed. They didn't necessarily narrowly miss out on the playoffs. Like they missed out on getting a chance to go to the playoffs. Like yeah. I can't recall a team that's just been this disappointing in my recent nba in recent nba history for me like this team was in the western conference finals you have a top five player in luka Doncic, and i understand it takes more than just one player but like man to like completely miss the play-in like we're we're just trying to like fight like go three and oh get some help from the thunder and timberwolves to lose some of their games to make the play-in tournament then you have to win two road games and let's say New Orleans, let's say you have to go to New Orleans, to Minnesota, just to just to make the playoffs. Like I can't even emphasize how like just horrific the season has been. And this Western Conference in my lifetime, probably the weakest it's ever been. Yeah, you said it best, man. Like I you know, now that the season is kind of winding down, it's starting to hit me just how like bad this year was and how, you know just how incredibly disappointing it is to have a season like this where you're not even 500. Like, let that sink in. The Mavericks are going to finish with more losses than wins this year. They have a top five player on their roster. They have a, another top 20 guy on their team. And look, like injuries, midseason trade, like you have some excuses that are built in. But still, I think the most concerning thing about it is that, yes, the Mavericks do have deficiencies in the front court. They have deficiencies defensively. But look, this is a talent-driven league. And when you have two guys like Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, the fact that they have not been able to leverage just the sheer talent that those two guys have to try and lift up this team and try and, you know, overcome some of those deficiencies is extremely concerning to me, right? Like, just to see how down the stretch of the season, uh, when both of those guys were in the lineup, like, you know, 100% or not, but when they're out there on the floor together and this team just doesn't show anything, uh, it's very concerning, right? Because if you can't win with those two guys, like it, it becomes pretty unclear as to what can you know what can change. Like, yeah, you can put some more defensive talent around them, uh, but what's not to say that there's more problems that arise from that, right? So, um, you know, maybe we're just overreacting now with how disappointing this has been. But uh, you know, my concern level with the Mavericks and the situation they're in is as high as it's ever been because you know for the longest time I've sort of push back on some of the people who have tried to, you know, raise alarm or panic uh, or kind of be more doomsday um, with things. But at this point, it's hard not to feel some of that, right? Like, you know, Luca's not Dirk (laughs) as much as we want him to be. um, This season has clearly been very frustrating for him. And if the Mavericks even go through something remotely like this in the near future, it could mean very bad things for them. Yeah, and then and let's talk about Dirk real quick. Like we won the title in 2011, but he's been on the record saying like if we don't win that title, he doesn't know necessarily if he would go ring chase after that. So like 
even like all these players, all these superstars, they want to win. Like they don't want to be stuck outside the play in. Like they don't want to be dealing with this. And like you said it best, like if another season like this arises with Luca, it's like very fair to raise the alarm bells as if he'd want to go somewhere else. If whatever, you can do your favorite Photoshop if you're an NBA fan. But uh, hopefully that's a long way away. But I mean, this is year one of the Supermax. Luca has said outright in an interview this year, like Dallas has me for five years. Like not the most pleasant thing to hear, but it's a matter of the fact. Like they have have him for those five years i don't necessarily think he'll ask out in those five years barring something catastrophic uh although this is pretty close to catastrophic with the season um so the pressure's on nico harrison in the front office to to get this right and you don't have a lot of access to your picks uh we'll see if they get the top 10 pick otherwise they get maybe a couple future picks but you know, there's not necessarily like a whole ton of avenues to get this figured out and, and you have to hopefully you can keep your second best player in kyrie irving um, but the clock is even ticking on that. Like he's a 31 year old player and he has like a limited window necessarily to in his prime. I'm not saying that he's going to fall off anytime soon, but it's, he's over 30. Like he's kind of nearing the end of his prime, if you will. Like, I still think he has a lot of good years of basketball left in him, but. Yeah. And I mean, look, like if this was any other player, I don't see how you can see this math situation and, be like, yeah, he's coming back. I think most people would look at this and be like, man, he's out of there as soon as, you know, the clock hits July 1st, right? Like the Mavericks have been awful since they made the trade for Kyrie and it's not his fault. So I'm not saying that either, but um, it's tough. Like they're really going to have to sell Kyrie on, on you know, non-basketball things um, to really be here. And I think, you know, their ability to offer him the most money is definitely going to, uh, help their case and hopefully they do that. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's Kyrie Irving. Like we don't know what he's looking for this off season. I mean, it, it seems like this is a good situation for him, but, uh, at the same time, like that only counts for so much, right? You also got to like, uh, you know, you got to back that talk up with actual results and the Mavericks just haven't shown that, uh, during his time here in Dallas. So, uh, it's definitely kind of a nerve wracking period right now, because not only are we, you know, waiting to see what happens, in free agency, which, you know, the Mavs have never been successful in that regard. It would not shock me if, you know, Kyrie Irving said, like, I enjoyed my time here, but I think I need to go somewhere else uh, at this point. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But also, you know, what's going to happen with the draft lottery, right? Like the Mavericks do have the 10th best odds uh, in the lottery right now, and they have a decent shot to at least move up to the ninth best odds. Uh, it may be more difficult to get up to that seven or six range or eight range even. Um, but, you know, given this franchise's luck in the lottery, like they've never moved up ever. Uh, they've only moved down. You know, what if the absolute worst case scenario happens where you miss the play-in looking increasingly likely, you get the 10th best odds, but some team below you, you know, leapfrogs into the top four and that leaves you giving the Knicks like the 11th pick or the 12th pick. Like that's also a terrible thing too. Um, the only saving grace, I guess, in the scenario of giving the pick to the Knicks is you'll have two first-round picks to trade. Otherwise, if the the pick stays with the Mavs this offseason, they're really only going to have one pick um, to trade this offseason uh, because I think, you know, because of the Stepien rule, right? Like, they can trade this year's pick on draft night, but then they can't trade 24's pick because that has to be reserved for the Knicks. They can't trade 25. So I think 27 is... The only other pick that they can trade so that's kind of the trade-off of keeping the pick this offseason as well yeah and all i know is adam silver 
David Stern was alive, he would pair Luca and Wimbayama together. The move is yours. The move is yours. We've never moved up in the lottery, like you said, and maybe maybe we're due, but also maybe we're probably not due because that's just how things go for the Mavericks. Whatever, whenever the worst can happen, expect it with the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I, I am not banking on any sort of luck happening this offseason. Like, we're not a franchise that fails upwards into things. Like, I'm sorry. The only thing we maybe failed upwards into was the championship. But look, I got to give you got to give the Mavs credit. They aggressively built, you know, yeah, we can say they made their mistakes with Steve Nash, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't say that they didn't try to build a contending team around Dirk. And ultimately, they put all the right pieces together to have him win. After that, they haven't, you know, had the same, you know, hunger and desire to win. And it's manifested in this season as like the culmination of that. And so, uh, you know, I think the most disappointing thing about this year is it felt like we had sort of figured things out last season, right? Like with with the conference finals run, the good vibes that were generated from that season, um, you know, 2021, that summer with all the front office changes and coaching changes and stuff, there was a lot of turmoil um, and it seemed like we were searching for a direction and, you know, for, you know, whatever nine months of the season last year, it felt like we were finally finding that direction again. But after this season, we've taken just such a huge step back. And it seems like a lot of those questions that needed answers in, in you know, the summer of 2021 are back again, that we don't have the answers to it. And it's going to be another uh, off season of soul searching and identity, you know, searching and just like, who is this team? We don't know that yet unfortunately no we don't uh and unfortunately like as great as luca is he has some stuff to work on like mainly his focus on defense his i think he needs to add a little bit off ball on offense i'm tired of the i don't know if it'll change but i feel like he uses his off ball on offense as like a moment to rest as opposed to kind of being actively involved with the play and maybe if Kyrie's back uh hopefully Kyrie's back and they're able to kind of you know utilize Luca's ability to go off ball like on screens or just cutting and whatnot it's just like it's night and day difference from his playing him playing on the national team with Slovenia or even Real Madrid before the draft and others a long time ago to kind of how he's played with the Mavericks since he's been drafted like it, it just kind of looks like a European James Harden with a little bit better post game and other ability in the mid-range, but that's it's a fair comparison for it right now with what he does off the ball on offense. I feel like that's something that needs to be addressed with him, and you know maybe it takes getting embarrassed in a light of missing the play-in tournament for you know stuff like that to be addressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I look like I'm not here to blame Luca for everything. No, not, not at all. Yeah, no, no. Look, like my That's take on this, and, and I think you'd agree with it, is like everyone has a blame in this season. Like, you know, it starts with the front office. It starts with management, ownership. You know, Mark Cuban, I've been a fan of his for a long time. But like, you know, this this can't be allowed to happen again. Like, look, I, I got a take and people are going to kill me for this. But I think that the Mavericks need more Mark Cuban. Um, they need more of the old Mark Cuban, the one, you know, that came into the league hungry to win and and really change things up with the new locker rooms and all that stuff. Like that Mark Cuban needs to make a reappearance because I think that he's actually been too hands off in the, you know, in the dealings of the Mavericks front office. Uh, and I think it's let, you know, it's let them get a little bit complacent, right? Uh, there's not that pressure from the top to win anymore, right? And Nico Harrison, I like him. I think that he brings a lot 
of positives to the job, like with his relationships and, you know, who he is as a person. Uh, but look, the reality is he's never done this job, you know, before July 21. Right. And so he's leaning a lot on Jason Kidd uh, for, you know, advice and recommendations on on who to target. And I don't know if that's necessarily a recipe for success for the Mavs. Like we know Jason Kidd's from his time in Milwaukee uh, or even Brooklyn was not the greatest when it came to talent evaluation and personnel management. So um, we really need, I think, uh, maybe a louder voice from Mark Cuban in the room. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm usually in the in the mode of sports sports owners need to let let the guys that they hired manage their team. And this has been a thing I've said for years with the Cowboys with Jerry Jones. And I'm gonna stick to that premise. Like I don't necessarily know I don't know how hands on Mark Cuban is with the current day uh roster. I do kind of believe in the Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd are kind of left to do their stuff on their own the last couple of years since Nico Harrison's taken over, but I don't know. I don't know if necessarily Mark Cuban's the right answer to that. I just kind of want to see Nico Harrison just do a better job. And I think you're right about the whole leaning on Jason Kidd to kind of give him player evaluation stuff like that. And who knows what's actually going on in the front office? Yeah, we, we don't know that. We the one thing I the one thing I will say is the whole Christian Wood trade is just super bizarre. Like I feel like Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd kind of have different opinions on the player, and I don't think it's a. It's just kind of weird how that whole situation has been handled when you give up a first round pick. Granted, yeah. you got the player that you would have taken the first round pick with anyway, and Jaden Hardy. But at the end of the day, you gave up a first round pick for this player and Christian Wood that you thought was going to be better than than how he's being used. I don't. I'm not necessarily in this camp that he should be like whatever. Like I don't think he's this great savior for this Mavericks team. But I mean. You got to utilize your current players, what you have to the best of their skill set to figure out, you know, your best possible outcome with what you have currently. And they're just, they haven't been doing that with Christian Wood all year. Um, he played 30 minutes today, which is a far cry from the 12 minutes that he usually gets over the past couple of weeks. So I guess that's positive, but it's a little too late. Like you mentioned the player's effort on defense, Luca's effort on defense. Like, guys, we're like five games below 500. I feel like it's like, where has this been all season? Where has the urgency been all season <laughs> to do this? Like, now it's too late. Like, it's just, it is, it's just too late. Like, even if you get the play-in tournament, you're not getting out of the play-in tournament, most likely. Even if you get out of the play-in tournament, you're like, nuggets yeah, I mean, are washing you. Like, come on. It's, it's, yeah. it's just like, come on. Like, where has this been? Like, there's just been no sense of urgency with this team. Like, just to complete, like, they almost act like they won the championship last year in the playoffs. Like, I know Suns fans clowned us for that whole beating them in game seven. It's like a whole banner thing and whatnot. But, I mean, that's how the team has almost acted. Like, it's almost like a championship hangover off that off that run. Like, there just really hasn't been a sense of urgency from this team, like, almost all year. And I know I don't, I'm not going to necessarily put it all on Jalen Brunson's shoulders. Like, that's like, I get he's a great leader and all that, but like, come on, like, have some professional pride within yourself to like figure it out on your own. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, look, I said this uh, earlier, I think like right after the game, like, if the Mavericks played with this level of effort, you know, all the games, like, you know, in the last month or so, I think they'd be around 500 at least, or they'd be maybe a couple games over 500. They wouldn't be, you know, five games under 500 and staring at their first losing season since Luca's rookie year. Um, but it's just like the lack of urgency, the lack of pride. You know, so many of these games where the Mavericks just come out sleepwalking and get, you know, get smacked around by the opponent. Uh, 
it's just unacceptable for a team that has the kind of aspirations they do, the kind of talent that they do, top-level talent that they do with Luka and Kyrie. Like, that's just something that shouldn't be allowed to happen. It's got to change. It's 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 a systemic issue. And if the front office and coaching staff is not going to change, then you need to put the right players in place to make that happen. It's got to be a complete mentality shift overnight this offseason. Uh, you know, clean house, basically. I mean, Luca, Kyrie, Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, those are probably the four guys that I would say, you know, you keep them at, a, at all costs. Everyone else can probably go and we can try something new because at this point, that's all we can do. You know, a new approach is needed because clearly this current approach has bottomed out and is it's beyond way past time to change things. Yeah, I mean, like like we've we tweeted out before, it's a legacy offseason for this front office. Nico Harrison specifically, like, stuff's got to shake. Like, you keep going down this road of making poor roster moves and whatnot. And I know it goes beyond Nico Harrison's tenure here. It goes back to the Donnie Nelson days, like we keep saying, but... At the end of the day, like it doesn't matter. You're dealt the hand that you have, and yeah, this is this is what it is. Like you just got to make it work. You got to make the right moves this this summer. Um, I think they're gonna end up with a top ten pick. I don't know where it's gonna fall, but I think they're gonna end up with a top ten pick. So that's a strong asset to have. I think they should try to do the best they can in scouting a player and taking that player. But I mean, you're also in a one now situation. I feel like too. So who knows what you can get with that pick? But that's your asset that you can kind of build off of this offseason that'll kind of like dictate where where things will go. So, yeah, I mean, legacy offseason, like we tweeted about, like I just said, and <laughs> yeah. we'll see We'll see how it goes. I don't think Jason Kidd's going to be going anywhere. Um, so like you said, like we got we to gotta just put better players around it. They got to get serious. They need to s- let go of the notion that they can outsmart, uh, outsmart the competition and, and you know, try to find these inefficiencies that other teams don't know about. Like, stop lying to yourself. Like, we have been one of the lower-functioning front offices, I think, of the last few years, and that's got to change. Like, you know, Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, like, your reputations are at stake this offseason. Um, it's You got to get serious, you know. I don't know whose idea it was to just let Jalen Brunson walk without a fight. Um but that's just that that's killing us right now. And that kind of thing cannot happen again because, um, you know, trying to just patch around the roster and piece together guys that don't necessarily fit or that, you know, guys who are not the most talented, that's not going to work. We, we, we've seen it. Um, I, I'm just rambling at this point, but it's true. Like, get you got to get serious. Like, you got to get serious about actually targeting good players, whatever the cost might be, um, you know, whatever the potential risk might be in terms of fit like at the this is time to be bold and this is the time to you know the margin for error is slim you know we have to be serious we have to be aggressive yeah i can't stress enough like like i said earlier like how how effing embarrassing this is that we are not going to make the play-in tournament barring some help and us putting together three straight wins which hasn't been done since i don't even know when um so Barring that happening, like they're going to miss the play-in tournament. I don't recall Dirk Nowitzki missing the playoffs uh, in his think, prime t- until tw- in his prime, basically. Like I know a couple years after the after the finals after the finals win, they missed the playoffs. Uh, but I mean, the next year after that, they got back into it. But for the most part, like from two thousand, I want to say two or maybe even before that, 
to like 2014, they never missed the playoffs or 2013, I should say. It's like about 12 years stretch that they didn't miss the playoffs. If you're a fact check, can we go for it? But they didn't miss the playoffs many times in Dirk Nowitzki's tenure, and they didn't have the play-in tournament in Dirk Nowitzki's career. So, like, I, I, yeah, I'm out of words to describe the embarrassment that the season has become. It's, it's a catastrophic failure. Like, it is a, it is one of it the is. biggest failures I think we've seen in the in the league recently. Um, you know, it's on the level of like the 2013 Brooklyn Nets, like that level of of failure. Um, so. Bro, they didn't have a Luka Doncic on their team. They had past their prime yeah. Hall of Famers. I mean, yeah. What what other team with a star like Luka has had this poor of a season in recent memory? Like that that's had a relatively healthy superstar the entire year. Nobody. I can't think of one team. Right. So this is like it's embarrassing, and these guys got to wear that embarrassment for an entire summer. We as the fans have to take it on the chin from other fans. Like it's not going to be easy, but you know the decision makers and the Mavericks have the power to do something about it. And hopefully their reputation is worth something to them uh, to where that they take this personally, because if they don't take it personally, then I don't really know what hope we have for the future. Yeah. I mean, perfectly said, there's not much else to be said for this. Frankly, the team has already gotten too many words from us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. So I'll end it with this. Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd, Mark Cuban, please take it personally. <laughs> And please reach out to me if you need any help. I'm happy to lend my advice to you. <laughs> Don't take Jay's advice. We want the team to be good. <laughs> hey, you can reach out to Vinay too if you want. Uh, but yeah, thanks guys for listening uh, to this episode of the Mass Film Room Podcast. Shh, it'll all be over soon. Uh, Cancun on three. Wow. And, you know, we got a lot to talk about. This was uh, this was only the surface. And I think uh, over the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a ton of stuff. Like we got to talk about the draft, free agency, trade. So uh, follow us on Twitter if you haven't, at Mavs Film Room. Subscribe to our feeds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back later this week with another episode. Thanks, Mune. I will see you in June for the NBA draft. Year. Of next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs>